Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Earrings Off. We want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook at Earrings Off Podcast and on Instagram at The Earrings Off Podcast. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. Okay, hello. We have with us Brendan today. Brendan is a communication coach and has a YouTube channel called Master Talk. Brendan's goal is to help everyone master public speaking. And this is something a lot of people struggle with. And so we are excited to have Brendan here on Earrings Off. Welcome, Brendan. Hey, it's good to be here, Lou and Teresa. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're going to forge in. So, Brenda, what's the biggest challenge with public speaking? Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of people think that the biggest challenge is fear around communication. But the truth is, there's actually a challenge that's greater than the fear of communication. And the challenge is motivation. Most of us aren't motivated to be great communicators. In fact, we look at the fear that it comes with and go, what's the point? What am I going to get out of this? So where we begin the conversation, you two, is by asking the following question. How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? So many of us dream about the expensive vacations we want to go on, the expensive things we want to buy. When was the last time we dreamed about our communication skills? That's the first step. When we figure out what is that reason for us internally, we can push through the fear and have the motivation to see why communication is important for us in our lives. Oh, okay, Brenda, because when you first started, I didn't know where you were going with that because I thought fear, absolutely. But yeah, you've got to be motivated um, to master that, to understand the importance of public speaking and how it can open up various doors. So I get that. Okay. 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 So I can see this is going to be somewhat of a counseling session for me because (laughs) I do and have, and Lou knows this, dream of speaking in front of a large audience. That's that is her a dream. dream, Brendan. And that is I am also <laughs> fearful of public speaking. So what you got for me, right? Like, so can you help me? <laughs> Teresa, this is not about you. Okay. We have an okay, audience. Okay. Okay. I digress. I digress. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> you know, you know, my response, my only response to that, Teresa, how in the world do you struggle with communication? You sound damn good to me. <laughs> I struggle. Trust me. I do. So I'm just because Lou is my boss. I'm going to move forward with the questions and keep us focused here. Um, What should we start practicing like tomorrow to become a great public speaker? Absolutely, Teresa. I call this my easy threes. Okay. Right. So so it's nice and simple. Five minutes each, 15 minutes a day. That's it. So the first exercise is called the random word exercise. All you have to do is pick a random word like spoon, like phone, headset, and you create random presentations. So when you start doing the random word exercise, it sounds something like this. Uh, Like a spoon is uh, what you use to feed. So it's not very good. 
But then over time, and what I tell people is when we make sense out of nonsense, we can make sense out of anything. So do that five times a day for five minutes a day. And ideally, if you have nieces, nephews, children, it's fun to do it with them to make it a family activity. Nice. I like that. That uh, reminded me, like when Lou and I decided to start this podcast, we took improv improv classes. And so we had to do exercises like that right? Like makes make sense out of nonsense and at the drop of a dime. So we, we, we didn't realize that we were practicing then to be great public speakers. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Brendan, just to pick an object or something and just mm-hmm. practice that and make some type of dialogue about it. And so mm-hmm. as you do that, you become more and more comfortable with it. That's correct. You got it. So when you start picking up these random words, eventually you just get very used to it and it just becomes very easy to do as a, as an exercise. So that's the first one. The second one is called the question drill. We've all been in situations, Lou, Teresa, everyone else, where we get asked questions that we don't really know the answer to. Right. Well, that's at school. That's how it work. I can see, yeah. I can see people are related to this. It's good. Or, or rather than a podcast. I mean, when I started guessing on podcasts, you too, I mean, geez, people are asking me, where does the fear of communication come from? I was like, I don't know, San Diego. Like, what do you, what do you want me to say? Like, I, I had no idea. So I just came up with that joke right now. I actually have to make a mental yeah. note to keep it. That's a good one. one. That's a That's good a, one. I'll give myself an extra. Uh, I just patted myself on the yeah. back. It's a very, a, a very, a very public speaking thing to do. Anyways. So, so they would ask me all these questions. I didn't know the answer to. So I said, okay, how can I, how can I mitigate this? So every day, what I did for five minutes a day is I would reflect on one question that I think the world will ask me. Okay, one question that I think the world will ask me. So for the first day, it's where does the fear of communication come from? The next day it was, how do introverts communicate better? And I just did that every day. And if you do that for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your business, your career, your life, and you'll be unstoppable. That's the question. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, very, very helpful. So wait a yeah. minute, wait a minute. There were three, right? There, there are. I, I just hate monologuing. So that's because <laughs> I know there's two of you here. So the third one, thanks to that, Teresa. The third one is it's very simple, but it's so simple that nobody's going to do it. And it's simply this. Send video messages to the people that you love. Make a list of the people you really admire. So I'll challenge you two to send video messages to each other as an example. I hope you two like each other. I kind of... <laughs> kind of hoping Teresa's my girl what that's right last time I checked you were her boss that's two different things I'm not sure if that's the same thing but yeah I I would say make a list right of four to five people that you really admire like people that you already love people pour into you and ask yourself when was the last time I sent them a video message and for most of us the answer is never so spend a few minutes and just send them video messages and just do that a few of them every day and it really makes people's day even if the video is terrible to the person receiving it, they go, wow, I've never received a video message before. This is so meaningful. And that encourages us to do it more. I like that. I'm going to yeah, do that. Really, those, you know, so many times, not our guests, but on other podcasts, you would get <laughs> guests comes on, come on and they don't really offer a lot, but that's some meaty stuff. So that is, that's helpful. That is. 
This doesn't happen on our show. I'm just saying I've heard it happen. (laughs) But anyway, what you're offering is solid. So I appreciate that. So um, so then why do we struggle so much with public speaking? Why is that such an issue? Right. And, you know, I think the reason, Lou, going back to, to your point, is the reason we struggle with communication is because communication itself is very vague. What does being a great communicator even mean? Does it mean saying less ums and ahs? Does it mean jumping up and down? Does it mean speaking on a stage? And the answer is we don't really know. But because it's vague, a lot of experts, when they talk about communication, to your point, it's the result is also vague. You should, like, be yourself. You should speak more often. I was like, well, genius, thanks so much for sharing that. It's it's really life-changing advice versus... (laughs) going, okay, what people struggle with is sequencing. What are the steps? What is the manual? And what we just shared here helps overcome that main struggle. Because a lot of people, they make excuses to why not to practice. Oh, I don't have an accountability buddy. I don't have this. I don't have that. Well, that's okay. Like the the easy threes don't require an accountability buddy. They actually don't require anyone besides you. Random word exercise, you can just do it on your own in your basement. Question drill is more of a reflection exercise where you're writing down the answer to questions that you're thinking of. And the third one, the video message, I mean, yes, it does require you to have some friends, but I'm sure some of us have, have friends so we can send video messages to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, but Brendan, how did you get into this though? How did you find out this was your thing? Absolutely. How did I find out that it was my thing? I love the way you phrased that. I would say for me, you two, how it started for me when I was in business school, I went to university slash college, and I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were like playing rugby or basketball or baseball or all these dangerous things. You're tell by looking at me. I'm not really uh, one of those one of those guys. I, I did professional sports for nerds, which was presentations. So I did that competitively for many years. And so I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, I had the idea for Master Talk. I was coaching those students, mostly for free back then, just helping them do better at these competitions. And I realized that everything that was in my head that I was sharing them, the meaty you know, information we're talking about today, none of that was available for free on the internet. I said, geez, like somebody should probably share it. And I just, cho- I just decided that that somebody should be me. So I started nice. making videos on the topic. Oh, that's good stuff. Okay. Very okay. nice. Yeah. So um, talking about online, how can we present better online? Yeah, absolutely, Teresa. So the way that we can present better online is by understanding the key differences between the online world and the in-person one. So Mm -hmm. let's go through those three. Mm -hmm. Number one is eye contact. So at the end of the day, if we're practicing in front of different people in person, we have to move our head to the beat of the audience. We're trying to look at people individually in the eyes. Online, you don't have that problem because all you have to do, whether you're speaking to one person or 10,000, is you just have to look in one area, which is the camera lens. So as soon as you focus your eyes there, you'll always be able to succeed. So a couple of tricks that you can do, you can have a post-it note next to the lens that just says, look here or else. That's a fun, sarcastic one that I like. Mm-hmm. Another one is you can have a picture of your family, somebody that you love, favorite food. And that's the first difference between the two. Nice. Like that. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's some good advice. So just well, making though. that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
That's the first one. And then the other two is simply this energy and audience accessibility. So let's face it, if we were in person, this would be a lot more energetic, right? Yeah. Obviously, we already have all pretty good energy, but yeah. if we we're in person, it would be a party, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. We got lunch, it'd be crazy, right? <laughs> so, so that's the thing. It's hard to bring that energy in the virtual setting because of the friction yeah. of, of the Zoom call. So the key is always, whenever I enter a Zoom call, my philosophy is always, how do I show up in person? And how do I imagine as if I've known Lou and Teresa for years, as if this is not the first time we're speaking? And that's the mindset I take whenever I have these new conversations. That's a mindset I would encourage people to have. Mm -hmm. And then the last difference is audience accessibility. So going back to the in-person presentation, if I want feedback, I could just get lunch with you two and say, hey, what do you think? My presentation here, what are my ideas here? What do you think of these ideas? So we could have lunch right after. Online, that's a lot more difficult to do because there's a lot more friction. We don't, we're not in the same room. So instead, what I would encourage people to think about is let's force those interactions. So that means get on calls with people in your audience. That means get to know them and try and bring those offline, sorry, those online relationships offline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like okay. That. Okay. So do you have any advice on how to communicate if you're introverted? Absolutely. I mean, let's, let's talk about the introverts. You know, always, whenever I hear the word introvert, people usually think, oh my God, introverts are terrible speakers relative to expert extroverts. And I always use this question as an opportunity to explain why that's a myth. Most of my clients, I'd say the best ones I've ever worked with in my life are easily introverts. Yeah, I am. Right. There you go. And you're, you're great at communication. Oh, thank you. But yeah, of course, it's my pleasure. And the reason is there's three key advantages that introverts have that they don't really know about. So let's talk about those three for a second. The first one is listening. Introverts are exceptional listeners. And the reason they are is because they speak less on average, which means they listen more just by that nature. So they're able to quickly adapt what the audience member is speaking about and adapt their messaging so that the presentation sounds better and really hits the nail, the bullseye. That's number one. Number two, introverts are exceptional at the pause, taking a breath, right? Taking that small beat to be successful, right? So when we think about pausing in our presentation and what we're trying to do, introverts learn that so quickly because once again, they speak less, right? So they pause a lot more. They're a lot more comfortable in the silence. So whenever I teach an introverted client, Hey, you got to pause in your presentation. They implement it in like five seconds. Res, <laughs> when you're an extrovert, like me, my God, I'm like the, the extroverted extrovert, right? Really? <laughs> yeah. It's, I know. I know it's a shock. I know it's a shock. No, it's not for some reason. <laughs> I know, just being sarcastic, right? So like, I'm the YouTuber, I'm the guy who's on the podcast, or I'm the guest, right? So I'm always, I'm always out there. But there's also a problem there, which is when I'm at a bar, when I'm at a party, when I'm at an event, and there's a pause, I want to fill it up right away. Oh, oh, Lou, what about last week? What did you do yesterday? And, and we're, we're not as comfortable with the silence. Yeah. Whereas the extrovert is challenged with this, whereas the introvert, it's easy for them. Third difference, this one is not well known. Introverts are much less polarizing and a lot less, a lot more rather accessible than extroverted speakers are. I'll give you an example. Let's say we take the, the famous Gary Vaynerchuk. And this is coming from a place mm-hmm. of love. I'm a big fan of Gary. Okay. Yeah. I love his work. Mm-hmm. Right. But what I will say is you either love the guy or you hate him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I can see true. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. 
you either love the guy or you hate him, yeah. right? So, so I love that we're on the same page. That's I, what get, I get exhausted. Just it's good information, but I get exhausted. I'm just going to tell you, just watch it. Yeah. There you go. Right. Whereas I'm like a huge fan. Right. So, yeah. so you either love the guy or you hate the guy, but there's yeah. no like middle. Yeah. And I'm not saying you hate him either, Lou, but you yeah. get what I mean. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. yeah. Right. But introverted speakers don't have that issue. I'll give you an example. Here is the following sentence that you can put you in jail. And I'll tell you the sentence. Mm-hmm. I hate Brene Brown. If you say those words, you get put into jail. I don't hate Brene Brown. Obviously. I don't I love right. <laughs> right. I love her work. Cause or else the, cause the FBI is already after me. Cause yeah. I say that on every podcast. <laughs> you said so, you so, get put in jail. That's you're going to, right. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody hates Brene Brown. Yeah, so yeah. if you're an introverted speaker, you're actually more accessible. So what's the advice? The advice is understand your strengths as an introvert and triple down on them. Mm, nice like mm-hmm. that yeah yeah that's that's good yeah okay i'm glad it's resonating yeah <laughs> it does actually i'm yeah, just yeah because you know i'm an extrovert i'm sitting here trying to pause Teresa is so <laughs> an extrovert if we- wait Teresa, <laughs> you're an extrovert i honestly thought it was the opposite no I Lou was the oh, extrovert. no <laughs> if we go to any kind of business function I'm usually talking to one person and I'm struggling with that. I make myself because we're there for a purpose. But Teresa is all over the place. Like she's known everybody forever. And I'm like, how does she do that? Yeah. So (laughs) once again, Teresa, how in the world are you struggling with communication? I don't understand (laughs) this. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) We'll talk. We'll talk. I I should, I should probably hire you, but anyway, (laughs) so do you have any, um, book recommendations are there any books that you can recommend to the listeners absolutely Teresa. you know i always like to say around books and, and i was having a conversation with this with my ceos and he was like yeah you know i just joined this thing and i need a book recommendation i just asked him i said john let's come john john okay let's say you write a book on communication okay. mm. how many minutes this week would you spend reading this book and he might say something like 30 minutes brent so i say instead of reading a book how about we do the random word exercise 30 times instead this week, John? Mm. And then John goes, mm, and I was like, yeah, because the best way to speak is to speak. Mm. But having said that, for the 1% of the room who have already booked 50 minutes in the calendar to do the question drill, to do the random word exercise, to send those goddamn video messages, <laughs> I'm happy to give a book recommendation. <laughs> I just always like to give that. I'm just always happy to give that PSA before. So the book is called Thirst by Scott Harrison. Scott Harrison is the CEO of Charity Water. It's a nonprofit. He started to help the world gain access to clean drinking water. Scott's one of my heroes. But the Mm -hmm. reason I recommend the book in the context of our conversation is because he's a master of practicality. He is someone who's a real world example who has used communication and storytelling to build the biggest water charity in America. It's a really fascinating story. And he purely did it through the art of communication and storytelling. So I highly recommend the book. It's really inspiring. And it's the name of it was Thirst? Thirst. Yep. Like Water, Thirst by Scott Harrison. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, but Brenda, before we wrap up, then how do we present in group presentations when we're actually presenting to a group? Can you give us any tips on that? Of course, happy to, happy to. You know, we think about groups, it's a bit different than the individual. And the reason it's a bit different, it's actually very different, is that you're only as strong as your weakest link, 
which means if one person completely butchers the presentation, the whole ship goes down. So that means as leaders, we need to watch every part of the ship or else the ship's going to sink. And fun fact, if you're listening to this podcast, that means you're the leader of the team because you're the one who has the information they're about to tell you. That means take responsibility to be that leader. Analyze the strengths and weaknesses of every team member and give them the easiest parts so that you take on the harder things. That's my first recommend. My second recommend is realize that even when you're not speaking, you are still speaking. What do I mean by this? Let's say we're listening to a group of four people. And well, the first person is done speaking, the second person is talking. Let's say Julia's talking and John just finished speaking. And instead of John nodding his head like he's supposed to and smiling and paying attention to Julia, he's looking up in the sky. I don't know, he's praying to Jesus or something. He's like looking around. <laughs> he's looking at the sky. He's looking at the window. He's not paying attention. So what does that tell us from an audience's perspective? Well, the audience is literally saying for a little bit of tough love, well, John, you've worked with Julia for the last three months. So if you don't care about what she's talking about, I definitely shouldn't care about what she's talking about. So it's always important to support. Last piece of advice, get all of your contradictions, get all of your objections, disagreements over the topic done before the presentation. Why? Because one of the biggest mistakes I see with groups is not in the presentation. It's in the Q&A where they start disagreeing with each other. And that is just heresy. You never want to do that. If people start disagreeing with each other, the whole credibility of what you just shared just goes out the window. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, Brenda, you have shared some excellent information with us today, and we certainly appreciate it. Do you have some parting comments for our audience, something you'd like to share? Absolutely. What a pleasure, you two. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks so for having me. Yeah. Super fun. I found out a new joke, too, so I'm going to add that on the side. <laughs> there you <It's> go. <laughs> Where does the fear come from? Where does the fear communication from? Oh, San Diego. That's good. I'm going to take good. that one. I'm, I'm happy. I don't know why. It's the energy you two brought. It's just created this joke. <laughs> I, was, nice. I, would, yeah, I would say final parting words is the question I asked at the beginning of this conversation. A lot of people, They hear it, but they either don't write it down or they sidestep it. And the question is this, how would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Don't just write that question down. Reflect on it Mm. for 10 to 15 minutes. Really think about it. Okay, this crazy Indian guy, Brendan, he's talking about how my life would change. How would my life change? I'm dreaming about the the trip I'm taking to Punta Cana in like two months. Mm -hmm. Why don't I dream about my communication skills a bit? And you'll start to realize that communication is so much more than giving a presentation. It's the way that we talk to our families. It's the way that we order food at a restaurant. It's the way that we be nice to the waiter who's had a really tough night and we're the first one who's smiling at them. It's the way that we meet strangers when we travel. When we realize, team, that communication is not about just the bottom line, but about leading a fulfilling life. That's when we start to get motivated to take action. So I encourage all of you to reflect on that one. I love that. Yeah, I do. Thank you. That was was solid. Thank you so much. Uh, It's been our pleasure to chat with you today. And uh, you're always welcome here on Earrings Off. Take good care. (laughs) Thanks so much, Tim.